I'm Chad. And I'm Cheese. And we are the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Our podcast covers news, startups, AI, automation, programmatic, and all the things the kids are excited about. (laughs) And then we drown it with a healthy dose of snark, attitude, and four-letter words. Subscribe to the Chad and Cheese Podcast today wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm going to assume that you've all seen the movie Airplane. I mean, I know it's an old movie, but it's a very much a classic. Um, I speak jive. Um, don't call me Shirley. Uh, there, there, there's so much in that movie. It's amazing. And uh, it, it, it's dense. There's a level of comedic density that one can only, you know, aspire to, really. Um, but what if I told you before having watched Airplane, before turning the movie on, you've never seen it before. What if I said, I'm going to play for you my favorite disaster movie? Same movie. Is it as funny? Is it as laugh out loud? If you're waiting for the crash, if you're waiting for the drama, if you're focused on will they get out of this thing alive, is it nearly as funny? If I told you it's one of the world's greatest comedies, do you even notice that there's drama in it? No, of course you're laughing at it. If I tell you it's a great love story, again, how funny is it? I mean, there's places that are kind of funny. It maybe take you a while to realize that maybe there's a lot more comedy in here than your average kind of love story. But if I set the frame that this movie is a love story or a disaster movie or a comedy, you're seeing the same movies, but you're really seeing different movies. And that's what I want to talk about because I think there is a fairly common situation we find we often find ourselves in. Maybe not often, but enough that this happens and where I've heard it happen where um, companies are unwilling to change strategies or kind of reevaluate what they're up to and what's going on because they're so terrified, frankly, of having to realize that their strategy has to change and all their collateral, all their content, all their videos, all their stories, what have you, are pretty much now junk, right? And that's what we're going to talk about. How do you take all the building blocks, all the stuff that you develop, the collateral, the content, what have you, and repurpose them on a new strategy? What happens when you have to build a strategy after you built everything else? And that's what we're going to talk about. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Talent Cast, the world's most caffeinated employer brand podcast. I'm your host, James Ellis, and I've been doing employer brand for years now, and I absolutely love the industry. I love how it's growing. I love how it's changing. And I've tried to do my part to elevate the concept, to get everybody to understand the power employer brand can have in hiring, attracting, and retaining talent. So we try to really focus on driving home the idea that this is a calling and a craft. It's a lot of getting your hands dirty, but it's also a lot of big strategic thinking. And that's where we kind of live, that kind of uh, Venn diagram, the intersection between those the big ideas and the getting the details right. So we talk a lot about employer brand and how to do it right and how to think about it and how to look at your problems in a whole new way. Ready to rock? One, two, three, let's go. Hey, James Ellis here, recording live from Chicago. How you doing? Uh, from the, the studio, which is commonly referred to as my dining room. Um, standard, uh, nothing crazy. Oh, wait, no, there is some some uh, housekeeping notes. I'm doing a webinar with Elena Valentine of Skill Scout, doing that in about two weeks. 
Um, so I'll put a link in the show notes. The topic is how do you manage an employer brand when you don't live in the same room, right? We, you know, I've touched on it a little bit in the podcast. We're going to go deeper. And of course, with Elena there, we're going to have a much deeper conversation. This will not be a boring next slide, next slide, beep kind of presentation. She and I kind of bounce off each other pretty good. So uh, again, I really feel like we should just record our, our breakfasts when we, when we get together and hang out. The conversations go nuts. It's a lot of fun. So hopefully we'll try and capture a little bit of that in this webinar. So again, link in the show notes. Uh, and in fact, I, I mentioned the newsletter. You should you know share that, let people know that it exists. You should you know subscribe, all that good stuff. But this podcast is based on a 15-minute Ask Me Anything conversation, open office hours, I had with Heather Wilson, uh, who is now I'm going to consider a friend because we had a great conversation and it was really interesting and she had a great... This topic wasn't exactly what she asked for, but this is how we kind of got to it. Uh, And this is how I thought about it and it was really interesting and I wanted to bring it to you because I thought it was a really valuable topic. And I know that I've wrestled with it when I was working in-house on brands, that this is a consideration you have to bring up. And we're going to talk about this idea of strategy after the fact. Now, Heather's specific question was very much about we didn't have a strategy we didn't have an EVP we knew we needed some employer branding we just didn't know exactly what it was so we hired a a video team and we built some content and the video is great and it doesn't work and I said yeah of course not you didn't have a strategy you didn't have an EVP you didn't have a direction you didn't you didn't you you took video for the sake of taking a video you did the classic mistake of saying well everybody's on social so we should be on social without defining why who, how, if, to what ends, what value is it, what's the ROI, what's the, the purpose of it. You said everybody's doing video, everybody talks about you have to have some video, so we made some video without ever asking, why? Well, what are we going to do with this? How, how is it going to move people? How does it impact the candidate journey in any way, shape, or form? How does it influence people to take some sort of action one way or the other? We put the cart before the horse. Now, pretty commonly that happens, right? We get so excited Someone gave us some video or some, some, some budget, and so we blew it on some content of some sort, and we made the stuff, and then we realized, wait, what are we going to say here? And that to me is, and you know, I'm not a videographer by any stretch of the imagination, but to me, the best videos aren't the most polished, but they're also not not the most polished. There are great videos that are polished, but what they have is a direction, a strategy, a goal, a purpose. They've really worked, and you know, having worked with creative teams, they will all tell you a project succeeds and fails on, a, on the creative brief, the strategy brief or the creative brief, depending on what you want to call it. That is, have you thought through why you're doing this and what you want to do with it? Once you define that and understand it, the people who make the content understand what you're trying to do and they bring back much better content. It's not about budget. It's not about gloss or, or, or polish. It's really about the purpose. What is the intention of that piece of content? And the better you define that, the better your content is going to be. But <laughs> as so often happens, we are either we put the cart before the horse or we are given the cart and then later we have to beg for the horse, right? Uh, you know, we're like, okay, well, the, the, my boss thinks we need a video, so I guess we need to make a video. Or my boss or leadership says we need a new website or we need to be on this uh, uh, social media channel or we need to be on this other third-party video site or whatever it is, and I guess I better figure this out. And having done so, I don't know what the value was. Right? We all have political pressure, right? That's just the nature of the game. I mean, show me the person who doesn't see and feel political pressure, and I'll show you someone who's mostly dead, frankly, Um, (laughs) to be perfectly blunt. 
The other way of looking at this is a situation where perhaps you do have a strategy and perhaps you do have an EVP or an employer brand or however you want to think about it, but really a direction, a, a North Star sort of thing. And you've been using it for two or three years and at some point you may start to feel like maybe the North Star is no longer as true as it used to be. The company has changed, the product has changed, the management structure has changed, the policies have changed, the situations have changed, the competition has changed. The context around which your brand exists, which by the way, shapes the brand as much as anything you do, let's be honest, the context is so dominant and, and, and gives opportunity for the brand building. It isn't, you know, it's very important to what that is. But if the context changes, you might be hesitant to say, okay, I have to reevaluate my EVP or I have to reevaluate my brand or I have to reevaluate my North Star because you might look at all the great work you've done shooting the videos, making the contents, building the profiles, building the, the social audience, all the wonderful things you did, all the glass door stuff, all the, the conversation starters, all the internal referral candidates, all the, the collateral, the swag, the hashtags, all of that stuff. You built it. And if you change the strategy, there's a fear that you've got to throw it all out and start from scratch. And maybe you can kind of make it okay by saying, well, look, I did it pretty well the first time. Now that I know what I know, I'm sure I'll do it better and faster the second time. And that's almost certainly true. But it's really hard to let go of your, your babies, so to speak, your beloveds, your, your wonderful content. Like I, and I am guilty, your honor, of saying I made that piece of content, therefore I'm in love with that piece of content, whether it still applies or not. You got to get rid of it. You got to lose that stuff, but you got to be willing to kind of cut that stuff out to say what's the story I'm really trying to tell. However, however, well, let me do that again. However, how's that microphone working? <laughs> weird mic tricks here at the talent cast um however absolutely true however it doesn't have to be that way and it brings me back to what we started with in the, in the little intro-y bit the idea of the movie airplane now this came from a separate conversation i asked someone um what their favorite movie was and they said airplane and the second they said airplane i realized this is the, the one of the greatest examples of this idea and that's called framing or reframing now I've touched on framing and reframing here and there. In fact, I, I probably mention it a lot more than I think I do. It's so embedded in how I see things. And I blame uh, an ex-wife uh, from very, 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 very long time ago. But she was very into a thing called neuro-linguistic programming, which is probably 90% bull. Uh, but there's some interesting ideas in there if you can kind of parse them out. But one of the things they talk about is framing, is resetting a frame that the way they put it sounded like it was mystical and magical and it it is but you don't have to put on the flowing robes and get really high to kind of consider it it's really about mindset shifting and sometimes it's about how do you get someone else to shift their mindset and you do it by changing the frame and one of the clearest examples of talking about frames and changing frames is exactly this there is a piece of content it's called the movie airplane i think it's technically airplane comma the movie explanation point um it is a piece of content it is it is factual. It is, it, there's, there's no kind of questioning it. Is it a 20 minute movie or is there a 40 minute movie or a 120 minute movie? It is. There's no slices and dices of it. There's nothing you can change about the thing. No matter who you play this movie to, it will be the exact 
same movie. The runtime won't change, the credits won't change, the stars won't change, the lines won't change, the, the, the film stock won't change, the coloration won't change, the direction won't change. Nothing will change. It is set in stone. But again, if you tell someone about to watch this movie that this is the greatest comedy ever, or you tell them that this is a pretty good comedy, or you tell them it's a drama, or a love story, or a disaster movie, you are setting the frame. Here, I want you to look at this piece of content, i.e. the movie, through this frame, this lens that I am establishing for you. And by setting the frame, you, can, you don't change the content, but you dramatically change the content. How people perceive that piece of content dramatically shifts because you've set a certain frame. If your business and the brand you're representing is all about the idea of, and I'm gonna use one, I, I'm not gonna name a name, but I'm gonna use one, I got one in my head. It's all about grit and determination and pride in having been tested, in strength that comes from having done the hard work, uh, you know, no fear of sweat, no fear of, of getting dirt under your fingernails, determination, all those things are the words that kind of make up their own North Star. That is setting a frame. And that frame lets you look at what some might consider to be fairly hard work, factory work. We're talking sparks. We're talking factory floor. We're talking machines and robots, but also welding and building and machinery and you know ratchet, uh, you know things that you know screw things together and put things together. A lot of physical heavy machinery. This is a sweaty job. This is a hard job. This is a hard place to work. Now, if I just looked at that and said, Whew, that's a pretty sweaty spark-filled warehouse where they're building some heavy stuff, if you do not set the frame for me, I set my own frame. Now, me being me, and I'm a pretty white-collar, went-to-college, has-an-MBA kind of guy, I might look at that company and say, gosh, that's a little more sweaty and blue-collary than I might like because I've set my own frame. You haven't told me what this is all about. You simply said, here's a movie. Here's a piece of content. Here's a story. Not telling tell me how to feel about it, not kind of telling me how to perceive it, not kind of setting me up to think and look for those things, but to simply say, piece of content, figure it out for yourself. And to be fair, that's mostly what a lot of employer branders do. They capture the moment. They capture the, the day in the life story. And I'm, a, I'm not a huge fan of day in the life videos myself. Uh, I think they're generally pat. I think they're generally boring. I think they're almost 80% the same regardless of what company you're looking at. However, they get made and frankly, they're valuable. They're useful. They're creating a opportunity to poke and peek inside the brand uh, curtain to see what's really going on on the inside. I get that. I get that. But let's say you are given 10 videos, 10 different day in the life videos of different people in different parts of the company just doing their work. Heck, whether you have the raw footage or the final cuts of it, it doesn't really matter. You are seeing these are the people. Let's put the person A is Susan, and Susan is doing work, and Susan is a sales manager, and Susan, you know, wakes up in the morning and shows up early and gets coffee and, uh, you know, does her kind of mindset thinking, and she maybe listens to a podcast or something to kind of give her revved up. You know, she gives a high five to, to a coworker. Phones get started, the emails get started, the, the the CRM gets started, whatever. Making calls, making conversation, trying to build relationships 
relationships, trying to move a deal closer to the end, gets some lunch, has a quick conversation, goes back, does some more, has a quick chat with her boss. Um, Susan's grinding, she closes a deal. There's high fives everywhere. There's somebody ringing a gong. And then kind of a big you know, round, of, round of applause. Good job, Susan, you did a great job. Hey, it's five o'clock, it's 5.30, whatever it is. Susan goes home and she meets her family who is very happy to see her. That is your day in the life video. Based on what I just said, you should be able to imply exactly nothing <laughs> about this job, about this company. It is a standard sales job, sales, sales managery, sales professional kind of job. Um, sure, but you shot it. So what's interesting is that it collects a lot more information about the job and about the company than you might have expected. For example, what Susan's desk look like? What Susan's computer look like? What do her coworkers look like? How do they engage with each other? Are they all different flavors and colors and, and, and people? Or are they all kind of sort of look the same? Is it a bullpen kind of job where no one has any privacy or do they have cubicles at the very least? Well, let's not even get into offices. Who still has offices anymore? Um, or is it, uh, you know, kind of she's sitting on a couch, you know, with a laptop on her lap and, and a phone in her ear or a Bluetoothy thing kind of plugged in her head and she's talking and she's making the deal or she's talking and walking with a cup of coffee. Um, she's closing the phone call while she's getting her cup of coffee. Though, then doing so shows the office. It shows the carpets or the floors. It shows the walls. What's on the walls? Is it posters? Is it blank? Is it dirty? Is it clean? Is it fun? Is it you know, serious. Is it a bunch of hang in there baby posters or is it a bunch of, you know, successories posters, whatever. What That is information that is being passed to me through that video that the videographer may or may not have intended to pass along. It's just incidentals. It's just the context. Susan's there. She's making phone calls. She's closing deals. That's the job. Yeah, but no. <laughs> because how Susan acts, her body language, her tone of voice, even if she's doing a voiceover and a, head, and a talking headshot, I'm still collecting a lot of information about this company. Does the company decide that the talking head has to be super glossy with the background kind of blurred out, you know, like a tight, uh, what's it called, frame of, no, um, f f focus frame or whatever it's called. I'm, I'm not a videographer, I think I've covered that. But, you know, they have that kind of, it's you know, looks a little blurry in the background, make it look a little nicer, right? Like when our phones started to be able to do that two or three years ago, just automatically, that was magical, right? Ooh, suddenly our phones are really elevated. Um, you're, you're seeing things and you're seeing decisions being made as well as in, in, unintentional decisions being made. The videographer was just trying to capture these moments, collected them, strung them together, and put it out there. Now again, Without telling me what the frame is, I'm going to start to see that stuff. I'm going to start to see those posters in the background and the carpet that may or may not be stained and the office that may or may not be a bullpen or it may or may not be a couch or it may or may not be very young or very old or what have you. I'm going to start to infer things and I'm going to start to make judgments about that information. But if you set the frame better than I set the frame, if you tell me what the frame is, and because I have no information at this point, I'm looking for the information. I'm looking for the movie Airplane, and you're going to tell me whether it's a disaster movie or the best comedy you've ever seen. You are setting the frame. That might be on the website where that video lives. It might be in the title of the video itself. Maybe you took the video, pulled in iMovie, and put a 10-second kind of slide that talks about why 
this video is interesting or your tagline or your purpose or maybe not your maybe not your EVP. I always think EVPs are fairly conceptual and should not be shown to the outside world most most, most times. But hey, this is what this is about. What is the thing you the intention you want people to come away with? How do you build the strategy the EVP after you've created all that content? And it's really not that hard to just put a wrapper on that thing to say five, ten seconds of just saying at at company blah blah blah. You know we love the flexibility to put our people first so that they can do great work. Okay, that's a pretty flimsy frame, but it is a frame. It is something right. Okay, okay, flexibility and ability to get things done. Okay, I don't see how that's any different than every other company in the world pretty much these days. But oh, okay, fine, I'll take it. Um, but I'm starting, and what I'm doing is I'm listening or hearing or looking for sometimes consciously, sometimes subconsciously for those things to reinforce and validate the frame that you have set. So if you tell me that this is an amazing office where everybody's super friendly and everybody works together to get work done, and all the pictures of Susan are her on the phone by herself, and I don't see a lot of her hanging around with other people or them solving a problem collaboratively, chances are using a glass or whiteboard, right? Um, that's pretty standard stuff. I I'm gonna go, wait a second, the frame you set is not the movie I saw. That's the trick. If I told you Airplane was an amazing movie in Spanish and I played you the English version, you would look at me and go, this isn't Spanish, this is English. If I told you it was a movie about, um, hold on, I mean, it's not, it is a war movie sort of because there is a flashback. It is kind of, oh man, what movie isn't it? It's, um, a musical. Yes, there's a single dance number in the middle of it, but it's super deep in, um, and it's a disco movie, so where you go. But if I told you it's a musical, and you go, there's, there's not a musical. Nobody's singing and dancing. I don't see that. You're not validating your frame. Therefore, you're, it's a broken frame. You're a liar. This movie sucks. I'm going to go home. Bye. So you have to set a frame that's real. But the same movie can have multiple frames. You can say, here's a movie showing Susan who's about to be promoted and this is the kind of work she does and this is what she did to get promoted. You can set a frame that says here's Susan who gets in early but she's also the first one to leave. She has an incredibly flexible schedule that she gets to set. Or you say this is Susan. She's walking around an open space office. She gets to sit where she wants to sit. She can sit on the couch. She can sit at her desk. She can have all the conversations she wants. We just want her to close these deals. We just want her to get her work done. We don't micromanage. There's a frame. They're all frames. All three of those things are frames. And they're far better than the first one I had, which is, like I said, real flimsy. The content remains the same. But you can wrap a strategy around existing content. Profiles, change the headline, change the banner. Uh, uh, um, websites, change the headline, change a couple of words here and there if you can, but really it's just about change the frame. Now, if you have the opportunity to go in and change the movie and maybe edit out the stuff that doesn't validate the stuff you're saying, please do so if you can. But changing the frame is far better than throwing out all that content that is true of who you are and shows actual people doing actual kinds of work in this example 
and say, okay, we got to go spend another five, ten, twenty, fifty thousand dollars to get a video crew in here and shoot a bunch, three days worth of shooting, and uh, stitch all this together, and got to buy music, and we got to buy, oh, we got to do a half a day of voiceover, which means oh, it's a scheduling nightmare to get everybody in the same room and find an, a room where we can shoot audio where there isn't an air conditioner vent right on top of you, so it sounds like. So why I like to work here is right. You know, that's a lot of logistical nightmarishness, and people would say, I think I'd rather keep an imperfect EVP than go through that nightmare again or spend that kind of money. And I get that. But that's what I'm saying. You don't have to do that. That's not the choice you have to make. You can reframe. You can reframe almost all your content. Content you've already made, content you're about to have, content in process. The more you have control over it, the stronger and more aligned it's going to get with your frame, but just because it already exists doesn't mean you can't reframe it. Here's another way to look at it. If you decide today you're in the market for a car, <laughs> it's a bad example, it's quarantine, I'm on lockdown, uh, I go out twice a week <laughs> to get food and or let my kid bike around the block. Um, so the concept of cars right now is pretty thin. I, I can actually see Lakeshore Drive out of my window, uh, and it's pretty – there's not a lot of people on the road. So it's not a car culture at the moment. Everybody's at home. And thank you for doing that. Please stay home. Anyway, um, let's just say you want to buy a car, and you decide what I really want to buy is – and I'm not being brand – you know, I, don't, I, don't, I have no interest in what the brand is. But I've decided I'm going to buy a, 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 a Mini Cooper. A blue Mini Cooper. I saw one once. I saw a commercial. I'm like, ooh, that's a cool car. That's a cute car. I like that color. I like that style. I like that whatever it is you look. Whatever it is you, you like. Whatever that thing is. And you go, Mini Cooper, great. That color blue, great. You'll notice. You'll see that car more often as of today than you did previously. How is that possible? Did someone realize you're about to buy a Mini Cooper and they, what they did is they imported a bunch into your neighborhood to drive around and make you see it, to make you want it and lust after it so you immediately pick up the phone and say, do you have the blue Mini Cooper? I'm going to come down and buy it right now. No, that would be ludicrous and expensive and time-consuming. And again, stay home. That's a bad job. But what really happens is your brain found a goal it found a thing. It says, look out for these blue Mini Coopers. And it starts to notice them in ways that you never noticed before. If you weren't looking for a blue Mini Cooper and three passed by in the space of an hour and I say, hey, have you seen any blue Mini Coopers or any Mini Coopers at all? You might say, no, I haven't noticed any. Why? Because you weren't looking for them. You ever notice ever in a crowded room and someone says your name and they don't necessarily scream it or shout it, but for some reason it just cuts through the noise You're like what oh someone said my name what whether they're talking at you or about you um you just hear your name why because you've been programmed for i don't know the entirety of your whole life to know that you should hear for your name because that's important if someone's calling your name they need your attention now and it's important that you be aware of it your brain is perpetually listening for your name on some level all the time it's just sensitive to it same way here. You're not so much saying here, I'm setting a frame around your name, but you're saying is, look, I want you to pay attention of all the information in this video, in this piece of content, in this profile, in this social post, whatever it is, of all the information that could be conveyed or ideas that could be conveyed by this content, here's what I want you to get out of it. 
So that means a lot of what your job is, is understanding what the intention of all this stuff is and inserting it dead front center of all of your content. So no matter what door, no matter what entry point someone comes in to learn about your brand, the video, the glass door response, the career site, the job posting, whatever, I don't care, that they all set the frame. Yes, that's right. Your job posting should have a headline that sets the frame for everything you're about to see. Your glass door response should use the language so that as a frame got set someplace else, it's being reinforced over here in this what appears to be completely independent site, which isn't completely independent, but mostly is, but sort of isn't. Uh, you want to reinforce and validate because what happens is the more you reinforce and validate, the more you intentionally set the frame, the more control you have over how people perceive you. And as we all know, though I don't want really to talk about it too much, your employer brand should absolutely attract certain people, but it should absolutely repel certain people. It should push them away because they're never going to be good fits. And rather than ask them to waste their time applying and waste your recruiter's time reviewing that application, you make it very clear what this job is all about. And you reinforce it so they go, you know what? Mm, yeah, I, I'm starting to get a picture of what this job really is. I get it. I'm going to walk away. Let's go back to that factory floor for a second. If I tell you, if I don't set the frame and all you see is the sweatiness and the sparks and the, the hard work and a little grunting and a little, you know, physical labor and it's tough and it's dirty and there's dirt in fingernails, et cetera, et cetera. I choose my own frame, right? I say that's not the job for me. But I might say, well, yeah, but I'm not going to work in the factory. What's the rest of the office like? Well, the rest of the office should have similar mentality. It should have similar positioning and framing as the people who are working on the factory floor. If the frame is all about uh, um, pride and being tested and strength and grit and determination, all that stuff, you should see it in other people's jobs. Now, does that mean the uh, sales manager is going to have dirt under their fingernails? Maybe not, but they might talk about how it takes a lot more work to make this sale. It takes a lot more work to put this together. That we work collaboratively because we work together in order to achieve these goals because that's the only way we can achieve such hard goals. It is about pride. It is about being tested. It is about perseverance and determination. And that's every salesperson here has to have determination and perseverance in order to be successful here. But once they are, there's so much they can achieve. Well, wow, you've set the frame and now you're aligning things that look like radically different microcultures because you've set the frame properly. What's nice is I can look at that sales manager piece of content, let's call it a day in the life video, what the hell, and I can say, okay, this is what perseverance and determination means in a sales manager role. And then even though I'm never going to apply for a job as a technical engineer or a safety engineer or a fabricator or whatever, I'm going to look at that and say, it's not just true about this microculture, it's true about lots of microcultures inside this company. Therefore, it must be true about the entire company. I can believe it more. And that is really what you're striving for. It's not so much about putting messages out there. You can put messages out there all day long. It's about putting messages out there that are credible because they've been reinforced by other sources and other directions. So people go, gosh, who thought that I'd be looking at a sales manager job? No one would have expected me to go look at the video about the technical or the, the, the fabricator job, but somehow they're all aligned. That must be true. That must be real. And now I get to make a better decision about this company. And that's where you want it because you want to push them away or attract them. But if they feel kind of like, okay, you're just talking about one pocket or you're just talking about one role or talking about, talking about one team, I don't know if I believe it. 
So you have to set the frame, but you have to set that frame thoroughly across all the content and all the touch points and all the entryways to the brand. That's the only way it really works. So yes, you can absolutely build a strategy after the fact. If you have to, it is not optimal. It is not what I would recommend. Frankly, if you push came to shove, I'd say, no, I don't want to do it that way. I absolutely want to set a strategy first. But times are weird and complicated, and you don't always get the chance to kind of make those decisions. So there are ways of establishing, building content, using content, leveraging content that already exists, and applying it to a strategy that was not in effect, wasn't even in existence before that strategy, was, that content was made, and still have it work. And it's called reframing. So that, thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for sharing. Thanks so much for talking about it. As always, um, yeah, you know, this is... This is where these conversations come from, conversations with you. So feel free to grab 15 minutes with me, uh, open office hours. Love to talk to you. Love to hear what your, what your challenges are. Maybe find some sort of way to help you. That just sounds like fun to me. So hopefully it sounds like fun to you. Thanks again. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. This has been an episode of the Talent Cast, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. If you'd like to get in touch with me, a couple ways to do that. Obviously, there's Twitter, at The War for Talent. You can go to the podcast website at thetalentcast.com. If you'd like to stay up to date on the news of this industry and what's going on, just go to employerbrand.news and sign up for the email newsletter with lots of news and links to other places. If you just want to connect with me on LinkedIn and just say hello or let's just talk, that's linkedin.com slash in slash the war for talent. Or I bet if you just search for James Ellis, I pop up pretty quick. Otherwise, if you have any questions, concerns, considerations, ideas for podcasts, holler at me, let me know what's going on. Thank you if you've shared it. Please share if you haven't. Rate us, review us. I love all that stuff. It really does help kind of keep the message going and get the message out there. Thanks again, and uh, we'll see you next week. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change Podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.